lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand, but not all that much in demand. We just kind of hang out after Glenn Beck, the Hall of Famer's done, and the crowd thins. We're the after show, basically, which is hopefully better than an aftertaste. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. Joined by Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage. She'll be here in just a moment for the Dace Group. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can do by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show, uh, or you can check us out as well on places that don't try to censor us on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Aaron, my understanding is you have already been censored on Truth Social? A, a little bit. They're <clears throat> calling, uh, I, I said transgenderism is a mental illness, pass it on, and they're hiding my tweet or truth, whatever they call it, as sensitive. They're hiding my truth. <laughs> they're hiding my truth <laughs> as sensitive content. So Truth Social is not even formally launched yet. Six months ago, they came to me with a with their beta, asking me to play around with it and give them my feedback. You're not even now on now. They yet. won't even get me get me an account. Okay, and Aaron's already been censored. I'm out. It really is the new Fox I'm News. Out. It really is. I was even more right than I thought. Not I've been blacklisted. Yeah. Aaron's already been censored. The damn thing hasn't even launched yet. Time to go off the grid. So MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter is where you can go. And very soon, Ham Radio. And Ham, yes. Carrier Pigeon. Um, owls. We'll be sending owls back and forth. All right. Like in Harry Potter, sending owls. All right. Not a tweet, but a screech. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, we kid to stop from crying. Uh, you can uh, hang around next hour for Feedback Friday when we'll get into some of the feedback that you have sent to us uh we want to remind you again as i mean have you seen and i've posted this now on all of my socials here today have you guys seen the consumer price index on how everything has gone up starting with used cars are 41 percent more expensive than they were a year ago what's happened in just the last year this is bold judgment kind of stuff guys i mean seriously and i opened the third vial and i saw i mean this is I mean, this is nuts. So what's happening with inflation right now, which is why. Hey, man, if I would have rolled out here for an ad from my Patriot Supply in the winter of 2020 and said, guys, you should go out and get their three month supply of toilet paper because you never know when you won't be able to access any. Y'all would have looked at me like I was, you know, born with both eyes out of the same socket. You know, would have looked at me like, you know. I was from a, I was from Earth 2 or a, an alien world, and then it actually happened. So who knows? The next time could be food. That's why you want to get their three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. It lasts up to 25 years with the proper storage. You get a wide variety of delicious meals, three meals and drinks and snacks included, 2,000 calories a day for you and everyone in your household right now. And you can save $150 and get free shipping on this three-month emergency food supply just to give you peace of mind right now. When you go to preparewithdace.com, that is preparewithdace.com. It is now time for the Dace Group. 
There she is. We welcome Jill back to the show for your weekly look at the week that was. And this is the second week in a row now that we have shown this audience a rather depressing four box shot. All right. One of these things does not look like the other folks. Okay. So we should maybe reconsider our choices for who should be on this panel. All right. The rest of the audience is like, and we're stuck with those other three guys then for another hour. Indeed you are. So let's enjoy Jill while we have her with issue one bleep. Lord nefarious says. How do we get to the place where, you know, Putin decides he's going to just invade Russia? What additional permits do they need? There's no, the, they have, the leases are there, the permits are there. I don't think they need an embroidered invitation to drill. That is, they are oil companies. You know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. So the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Gay, 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 gay. I'm super gay, 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 gay. I will never stop saying gay. I have frequently said, you know, we're going to lead with the science. Science is going to be the foundation of everything we do. That is entirely true. I think public heard that is science is foolproof. Science is black and white. Science is immediate and we get the answer and then we, you know, make the decision based on the answer. And the truth is science is great. Get down with yourself. Explore your own body. Masturbation is really healthy and I recommend it to people of all ages. All ages. As soon as my nephews could talk, they were doing that. That's what they were doing. Kids touch themselves kids start to ask questions and we teach them the language for their bodies, right? That's your nose, touch your nose, show Aunt T, you can touch your nose. But my sister's not saying that when they're tugging at their penis, right? But it feels good, right? We have to learn ways to talk to young people about this. So the three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball and the other one looks like he could bomb you. I pledge my heart. I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. One camp. One camp. Full of pride. Full of pride. Indivisible. Indivisible. With affirmation and equal rights for all. With affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your heads. At its best, democracy is always stronger than authoritarianism. But if we're going to be honest with each other, democracy hasn't exactly been at its best these past few years. I have to correct something I just said. I just spoke from an entirely white perspective. Okay. A friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, okay, it's okay. This time. Uh, All right, so hold on here a second. That smarter version of Dennis Hopper looking dude made me think for a second Dennis Hopper is still alive. You were just telling me at the tail end of that, the guy at the end who says, I just spoke from an entirely white perspective. That's not even the worst thing he's ever said, but that's just... The that's speech. Phil Vischer from Veggie Tales. Yeah. 
Hold on, hold, hold, hold. We lost the VeggieTales guy? Yep. It's been that way for a while. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have put that in there. When I redo my contract, I am going to insist that I get to drink live on air during this episode because... You lost the VeggieTales guy. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Jill, there was a time... Uh, Aaron actually was on vacation, so when we were a radio show, I had to actually do his job. I couldn't even come close to it. I had to run the board, and this was during the uh, the uh, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump 2016. And this is that's the last time Steve did what he did now. So you are in rare company. He he just walked off the set while me the tech novice is just like trying to keep the enterprise somehow uh, in air without getting blown up by the Klingons. So, I mean, you, mark your calendar on this one, Jill. This is this is a big day. You are part of day show history. Discuss. Guy. I, I absolutely will. And I think, you know, it's probably having to do with that March snow, which I know Steve hates so much, which it's a high of 63 degrees here in Nashville okay. today. And we're going to get okay. snow tonight, Steve. So as you look through it, you, you might, you might want to rethink Nashville as your choice because we are also going to get some March snow. Oh, he didn't. Um, Steve, Jill just said that she's in Nashville and she's going to get some snow tonight. So. If that's any consolation. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, can anybody top losing as I get completely re-miked up and everything for this show after my moment of beyond distraughtness? Can anybody top anything worse than losing the Veggie Tales guy. I do Anybody think we need to. I do think montage. We, I do think we need to ha- have a, a serious conversation about the lack of Latinx representation on Veggie Tales. <laughs> I can't top it. I think. I think. I think the Rochelle Walensky thing, though. Oh yeah, yeah, that's mine too. I, I love. I love two years of decrees. From the from the gurus of epidemiology and clinical treatment of of viruses, two years of degree of decrees of this is the only way forward. This treatment, remdesivir, say goodbye to your kidneys and maybe your liver, but this is what we have to do with. This is the only way to treat it. Yep. Two years of. Uh, the, the vaccine is the only way to get us out of the pandemic. Two years of the mask is the only way to get us out of the pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, a year of lockdowns and sc- uh, closures are the only way to get us out of the pandemic. Science is gray, you know, on second thought. <laughs> I know. Um, and it's not always final and it takes us years. I think that level of gaslighting, because you can tell... And there's more clips of wherever that talk was. I can't remember. There's more clips where she, you can tell she is hedging. She is hedging, guys. Like, uh, please don't shoot me, hedging. She knows what she's doing. 
She knows there's gaslighting because you you just believe in the narrative so much. And then there's gaslighting because you know the truth and you don't care and you can't let the truth out and you can't admit the truth. It's the latter with her. Jill, you can talk now. Thank you. Uh, my worst of the week is Kamala Harris. And it's probably my own fault because, you know, the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But every time Kamala comes up on a new big stage, I think like somebody is going to prepare her for this moment. And she's not just going to awkwardly laugh. She's going to have something to say. There's going to be some, I mean, substance is a really hard stretch for this, but there's going to be something there. And time and time again, she just can't come up with anything. We know she had to drop out of the race before she even got to Iowa. But just to see a politician be so bad at just at just speaking, this is all they do. <laughs> I, I always think that she will get a little bit better. And she just, she hasn't. We lost the Veggie Tales yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and oh, and what she said too. We yeah. did it, not with like a compelling argument, a legit Socratic dialogue. Some like tragedy in your family. No, no, no. You it, lost a kid, so you're questioning your faith, which we can all understand. We lost the Veggie Tales yeah. guy to the dumbest chit yeah. in the culture. Yeah. The dumbest chit in the culture. We lost the Veggie Tales guy. To that like this the gay 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 group they promise they, they pinky promise they promise on wh whatever stack of whatever pagan literature they're reading uh they they promise on their two dads lives uh whatever promise they need to make they yell that they chant it they scream but they promise they're not grooming your kids they wouldn't do that they'll host parades Drag Queen Story Hour, all At that stuff. At the library stuff. to the kids, but they're yeah. not grooming them. But they're no. not grooming them. Yeah. Don't don't sweat it, and don't say that because that's mean. Guys, I'm I'm so distraught right now. I don't know that I even have a Lindsey Graham joke in me here at the end. But oh I'm yeah, gonna, you do. I believe in you. I'm gonna try here to to finish the race. Exit question on a scale of one to ten. With one being the odds, Joe Biden really is one of the nicest gods, nicest guys God ever created, as Lindsey Graham once claimed on video. And 10 being the odds, Lindsey Graham actually prefers bad boys. Rank this week's level of total depravity. Jill? 10. Aaron? 10. Todd? Junior Asparagus is 10. I hate you. <laughs> I absolutely friggin' hate you right now. Issue two. Is that bad? Commodity prices over the last year. Heating oil up 90%. WTI crude up 80%. Brent crude up 79%. Coffee up 73%. Gasoline up 70%. Aluminum up 70%. Natural gas up 69%. Wheat up 59%. Corn up 35%. Cotton up 34%. Lumber up 34%. Soybeans up 18%. Sugar up 15%. Copper up 13%. Gold up 12%. And the consumer price index up 7.5%. Inflation hit another 40-year high in February, rising 7.9% year over year. 80% of all American dollars ever printed have been printed since 2020. 
So, Jill, we'll go to you because I shortchanged you with my brokenness last segment, for which I apologize. Uh, I'm a victim uh, here. Uh, first question, as Aaron said at the end there, 80% of all currency ever printed in American history has just been printed since 2020. Is that bad? That is bad, but guys, it gets it gets even worse when you think about the the place that we are in the economic landscape, right? We all know about the bubble in 2008, the global financial crisis. We didn't solve any of those problems. So all of those problems are still living within the system. And then you add all of the money printing that, that we've seen since 2020, and you see that the economic numbers of inflation coming out and how they're growing, This there's no end in sight for this. Really, how I look at the money printing is it's the music in the game of musical chairs. It's mm. allowed the game to go, go on even longer, but there's just distortion everywhere that you look at it. We didn't have any any way to go through and, and have that cost of borrowing money go up. Everything's been cheap and easy. We saw how many people were hurt from the global financial crisis. You can multiply that by orders of magnitude and that's where we are right now. It's it's not going to get any better for, for us in the short term and in the long term. It's like the, the future of the country, socially we are in, under attack, but economically what we are going to see is unlike anything we've ever seen in history. Todd. It's remarkable that at the founding of our country, you'll call it the, the central bank that those are fighting words. Yes, it came. I mean, we had one. We did. We almost it, had a civil war, yeah. and like, like the next day over that, yeah, it went yeah. away. I mean, this was because uh, ultimately, this is a the economy is a fundamentally moral enterprise. Again, economia uh, translated from the Greek. It's the household. It's supposed to be about what makes that unit bottom up work. Families function now here we are and to jill's point it that it, it has it has nothing to do with morality the family it has to do with perpetuating a kind of autopilot that doesn't force you to make the hard decisions in the here and now that grown-ups should make both now and at all times in human history it's constantly allowing you to sit in what you view as your comfort and kicking the can of destitutional certainty down the road. But she, I love that musical chair. You don't know. The point of the game is you don't know where the music ends. These guys are just trying to make it to... We know it ends eventually, just not during my time. Again, which is the moral opposite of what grown-ups used to do. You wouldn't pass on such a legacy mm -hmm. to your children. That is now what we do. And I can't get away with uh, without... Jill, you don't have kids yet, right? Right. Can you imagine... The Veggie Tales videos you're going to be showing your kids, Larry the Cucumber and Drag. What a marvelous future you have coming your way. I, you and I are going to fight if this goes on. Okay. I don't think I can tell you this I, as how broken I really am by this revelation. I didn't know it. Well, I'm totally blindsided by it. The amount of time, energy, money I invested as a, a, our whole family yes. and how much we enjoyed. I had those songs in my head yes. for like years. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I don't even know. I, I like I'm not sure. This might be a tap out. Like I don't. If the cancer is that deep, if it's that embedded, I might just Randy Weaver this son of a gun man. See all in the hills. Okay. Um, you remember the passage in scripture though, where Jesus said, "I'm I'm seeing everything through my white eyes," and I apologize. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I like you again. Aaron, go ahead. Um, you know, on, on the topic of the economy and, and infla- inflation, um, I just think it's, it's time for us to recognize um, once and for all, we're all about accountability on this show, right? We like some accountability, especially when we're dishing it out, uh, a little less uh, when it's coming to us. And I think, uh, I won't speak for Jill, but I think for the three of us, it's time um, to, to take a little accountability um, for something that we've gotten wrong. We have spent years deriding a certain group of people on the right who describe their conservatism um, in a certain way. And, um, and, and we just got it wrong. And, and topics like this really illustrate that. And the group of people, of course, that I'm, I'm talking about is the uh, physically, uh, fiscally conservative and socially liberal crowd. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, the, smart, the smart set. Big day for them. Yes. Big day for them. Yeah. Topics like this and, and things like this come around. Yeah. Uh, really, really uh, winning topics there because uh, we, we have neither. We have neither right now. So I think we just need to um, need to uh, humbly ask for some, uh, I don't know, mea culpas a little bit. So a couple of things I want to follow up that were said previously. Um, one, Todd, what you just pointed out about what what's being done to the next generation. Part of this Faustian bargain, though, is it's, it's, it's not just selfishness. It's that you feel as if you, you have to Esau now to feed your family today. You have to take a government grift job if you're a union contractor or worker or bridge builder of some kind. You've got to take that pork job to work on that same islet of I-80 they've been working on my entire life that's never fixed. So every time you drive from here to Michigan, you still have the same one-lane road you've had since 1984, okay? You feel as if though that's how I feel. I have to feed my family. It's not, it, would be, it would be one level of appalling if it was just all generational level of selfishness. But you're literally being pitted against your own children by saying, I have to create this inflationary construct that they will then have to pay for with wages they've even yet to earn later. Otherwise, I won't have the wages to actually feed or house them now. This is the beauty of the welfare state. Treason never prospers. What's the reason? Because whenever treason prospers, none will dare call it treason. Every one of us has some suckling spot on the government teat now. We couldn't go back to the way things were, even if we wanted to because of what it would do to our own microeconomic bottom line in our own friggin' households. Nailed it. Now, to what you pointed out, Jill, the macro scenario that you painted. For years, I have said on this show, the, the Ron Paul predicted economic dystopia simply cannot happen. And the reason it cannot happen is because it, it, we don't operate within the natural business cycle and realm of economics, the natural laws of economics that Ron is devoted to. We, we abandoned those a long time ago. And we have always had, we, we've had a fiat currency since 1913. All right, we've had a fiat currency since we abandoned the gold standard in the 70s, even more so. What we have now, we don't have, we don't have a Federal Reserve. We have a Pentagon. 
We have we have we have a currency and an economy that is backed and staked by a badass military. And that's why no foreign governments that we owe the money to would dare call in the notes because we would demolish them. The way it's the way it worked in the past is the debtor nation didn't have the badass military. And so the, the nation that you were indebted to that you did that did surrounded your city gate, starved you out and then took over your your culture and you were erased from history. That that's the way that this used to work around here. Right. It can't work that way right now because we have this badass military. But this ties the whole Russia, Ukraine thing into this story. If we are going to project this level, not just economically, but if we are going to project this level of foreign policy weakness, that we will strengthen Maduro and Iran rather than drill our own oil, that Disney will go to Ron DeSantis and invite him to pull their friggin' pants down as he is doing as we speak over over uh, you know a bill protecting kids against sexual grooming but has nothing to say whatsoever and won't and doesn't want its products running in Russia but won't shut down Disney Plus in China because of the the amount of customers there the NBA all these other hypocrisies if we are de- if we are demonstrating this level of weakness as a civilization to our enemies there might be a couple of people now that might say, eh, let's find out. Let, let's find out what y'all got. Let's find out while you're doing your, 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 your tranny reach out in the military. Let's find out if that is maybe, you know, we thought maybe that was just politically correct dogma to please one half of your political duopoly as we were watching the film over here in Moscow and, and Pyongyang and Beijing. We thought maybe you guys were just, you know, patronizing a political base in your own country. But now we're beginning to wonder, do you guys really believe this BS? Are you really actually doing this for reals? Maybe Tehran is like, eh, let's find out. Maybe, 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 maybe the sleeping giant is really asleep. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You start incentivizing people to now call your bluff. And that is where this economic situation we're in does blow up now in our faces when we no longer have the fear of our military prowess in order to intimidate those who might call the bluff or call in the note any longer. I fear we are approaching that's an endgame scenario. That's a zero-sum game. Let's get to the exit question. We are about to the end of the first quarter of the year. If the odds the economy will significantly improve in the second quarter were an ACDC song, which ACDC song would it be? A, Highway to Hell. B, If You Want Blood, you got it. C, Money Talks. Or D, For Those About to Rock, We Salute You, which is the most optimistic scenario. Todd. If it wasn't an election year, I would say highway to hell. But I think I will, believe it or not, the slightly tempered version is if you want blood, you got it. That's now the, that's Todd's optimistic view. Yes. Jill, and she, of course, doesn't know any of these songs. So go ahead, Jill. Yes. I don't share in Todd's optimism. It's highway to hell. Aaron? It's highway to hell. (sighs) That is kind of my fear too but I think I might be where Todd is that we're that that we'll come up with some way to make it look optimistic um as much as we can while still being It'll, very dire and so it will be if you want blood you got it yeah we agree yeah. Joe I mean it's a version of the 
musical chairs thing. It's just, I think it's just going to be delayed as long as possible to salvage something of the election. You know, you got 360 spots in your body from your neck down to your feet. These are called joints. And they're great for maintaining flexibility, activity, et cetera, necessary components your creator gave you in the body. The problem, though, as we get older, they can become little hiding places uh, for inflammation. And that's where that uh, chronic pain that just won't go away, that achiness, that stiffness, that soreness that just lingers and you can't get rid of it. That's usually caused by chronic pain. That's why you're looking for uh, an all-natural anti-inflammatory to push back on that inflammation in your joints that is backed by over two decades of clinical research and the last two years of me using it on a daily basis. And it's called Omega XL. And if you want to get it now, buy one, get a second bottle for free. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, this stuff really works. I take it even with me when I travel. All right, I don't go anywhere without it. OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or you can just give them a call at 800-844-4888. All right, when we come back, we will discuss groomer, 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 when we come back. You know, when running a business, human resource issues can kill you, particularly if you're running a small business, a family business, wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, never-ending labor regulations, and HR manager salaries. They are not cheap. They average about $70,000 a year. That's why you want to know about our friends over at Bambi, just like it sounds. B-A-M-B-E-E, created specifically for small businesses like yours. Get a dedicated HR manager that will help you craft your HR policy, maintain your compliance, and it's all just $99 a month. Just $99 a month, and it's month to month. You're not locked in long term. They can't make it any more convenient and affordable for you to turn HR from your biggest liability into your biggest strength. And the key word there, too, is dedicated. This person is dedicated. This is your HR manager available by phone, email, or real-time chat. Again, month-to-month, no hidden fees. Cancel anytime. Let Bambi help you. Get a free HR audit today for your small business when you go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, Bam and B, Bambi.com slash Steve right now. Schedule that free HR audit today when you go to Bambi.com slash Steve. Let's welcome back in Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage as we continue on with the Dace Group, our weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three, groomer update. It's been quite the week for groomers. Apparently, leftists across the country think sexual grooming of youngsters polls better than critical racist theory. The battle is starting to boil in Florida, where a bill is advancing in that state's legislature that would essentially ban grooming of pupils seven years and under by their teachers. It's been dubbed by the left as the don't say gay bill, though nowhere in the bill will you find the word gay. Governor Ron DeSantis was asked about the bill by this or a reporter earlier this week. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and um, 
The idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. And the situation in Florida has caused the left to become a full-on caricature of itself. Florida says don't say gay. that. Gay, 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 gay. What song was that? Smoke on the water. Smoke on the water. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Nice poll. All right. Uh, first question. And I, I think this is, if you look at what happens to societies that are this balkanized and how the story usually ends, okay, being being serious is a heart attack here, all right? Serious is yet another of an en- in the endless stream of myocarditis reports, okay? Um, the answer to this question may very well determine whether there is a peaceable ability to still live together. And I'm not even slightly exaggerating. You start messing with people's kids, things get real emotional real fast, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is important that we need to, we need to, we need to get an answer to this and stat. So here it is. How many Democrats are just sheep parroting a partisan line here? but never actually read the bill. How many of them are actually in favor of sexually grooming children? And then how many are just willing simply to tolerate it in order to preserve an overall agenda? I think the answer to this question, if we're going to go down the road now that the next battlefront is sexually grooming kids out in the open, If that's where we're going, the answer to this question could tell you a lot about how this story called America ultimately ends here. So, Todd, since you're the one with school-age kids in the government schools, and none of the the rest of the three of us can't check both of those boxes, it makes sense to start with you. Well, far, far more than any of us would be comfortable believing actually believe it. They, they, They really do. Uh, but the tolerating to serve an overall agenda is really probably the most important thing to talk about. We've talked about it in other contexts before, but ultimately this is God killer stuff. This is about undoing everything to the very beginning. And as I said, all of creation explodes, uh, the big bang explodes out into the universe and we know that the biblical tale and all the ups and the downs but the 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 physics of the whole thing it's now collapsing on itself and it's coming all the way back to the beginning and here we are the very the in the beginning it was good well what is the penultimate part of that male and female he created them. That is the capstone on goodness. That is the height of goodness. And here we are on the back uh, negotiating this. So once you're there, you are there right looking in the face of God himself. And that is the goal of a lot of people who 
understand on some level, we, we can't argue that there's no such thing as male and female. There, I know those, there's a lot of those people on left, but all the Democrats here uh, in Iowa voted not to save girls' sports. All of the Democrats. And that's be, it, it, uh, even though a lot of them think it's, it, it's just, I, I, I know I sound like an idiot making this argument, but I hate God the notion of God, and I hate the people who worship him. So yes, I will say and I will do absolutely anything to do. And we talk about the Great Reset all the time. <laughs> this group sees you and raises you. That's the that's the cosmic Great Reset right there. So Aaron, if, that's a great answer, by the way, Todd. If you look at these three groups, Here's what I mean. The answer to this question could could go a long way to telling us if indeed we are seriously going to go down the road here, which we've been teasing with Drag Queen Storytime Hour and everything else the last couple of years of openly now we're going to battle and debate the sexual grooming of children out in the open now. Okay, these three groups. All right. If it's the first group, just a lot of partisan sheep. All right. Then mercy triumphs over judgment. You just you confront them you know, as often as you can with truth, mm-hmm. okay, in the arena. If it's the third group, which you were just describing, then that requires punitive political punishment. That if they're that far gone politically, then then they have to be radically defunded, imprisoned, targeted, canceled. They, they, they have to be driven into the ground so that um, their ideology can't possibly be accepted in the mainstream any longer. But that can still largely be done largely be done within a peaceable process. It just requires a different level of aggression, in my view. That second group, though, that second group won't respond to truth, won't respond to being shamed into impunity. And that's where things could get potentially get out of hand if it if if there are too many people in that second group, and folks are like, so it's me or my kids then now, huh? And that's why I think that this question matters. Maybe you disagree. What do you think? No, I think overall the answer is yes. Listen, there wouldn't be a market for the first and third groups if there wasn't the second group. Mm. As long as that remains, there's going to be a market. So whether it's just partisan partisan uh, sheeple or whether it's just people who want to deny what's going on, that second group is still there. So if you put a gun to my head then with this question, I agree with Todd. There's a lot of people in that third group who just either want to live in denial, don't have the stones, don't really want to deal with it just want to go back to normal uh, over and over again. I I agree with that. I think the root cause of this is the second group. And I think you can apply the principles and the aggression that you told or talked about with the third group. You, You have to apply that to the second group as well. But think about where we are, folks. The lies that culture has has bought and sold when it comes to gender ideology. I, I still I'm I I still don't know how many genders there are, but the some somehow somehow there are so many lies the, the the beginning lies the nascent stage lies of this at least in my semi adult and adult lives or lives um, have been 
the gay and lesbian community. That's all it was back then, remember? Back uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. The gay and lesbian community uh, just want to have visitation rights and the same tax benefits that their traditionally married counterparts enjoy. That was one of the big lies, or at least that's an amalgamation of lies. Now we're talking about, now we're talking about, um, you're the enemy. You're the enemy if you don't support teachers teaching your five, six, and seven-year-olds about gender ideology. Now we're talking about in Indiana and Kentucky, different, different instances, sex camps in the summer for kids. You know that, uh, that video of uh, Rear Admiral Buttigieg's chief butt buddy, Chaston, having all those kids talking about uh, pledging allegiance to the rainbow flag. I misspoke the other day. That was from some documentary on Netflix months ago. It wasn't recently. You know where that took place? That took place here in Iowa a few years ago. In Iowa. So I think the second group is the real problem here. Because we wouldn't have the first and third group if it, was, if it weren't for them. So, Jill, you get the last word. Give us a feminine, easy there, shooter uh, spin on this. Because the three of us are approaching DEFCON 1 on this particular issue. If I had to say my optimistic answer is I hope that the majority is in that third group of they just tolerate it. And that the the smaller number would actually be the second group. It's the vocal minority, right? Everybody that you see on Twitter, it's only a few few people out there actually pushing a message, but it gets in an echo chamber and it just gets reverberated over and over. I hope for our country's sake that that is the answer because when you look at it, ultimately, when you're grooming children, what's the end goal, right? Like you, you wanna break down the family unit at the end of the day. And they were so successful doing that with welfare, with Planned Parenthood. And now you come in and say, okay, how do we take another giant step forward? And that is getting, as as we saw Aaron's montage at the top of the show, like the gay camps and everybody just screaming at the top of their lungs. You indoctrinate the children. That's what we're doing with taxpayer money now in schools, trying to say that a five-year-old should have, have all this stuff thrown at him or her at in school, right? That's pure evil. And you're not going to solve the problem until you actually say what it is. This is a battle between good and evil. And I hope that, that everybody out there, I know you guys talk a lot on this show, men need to grow some spines and start standing up against this stuff. Exit question, just a yes or no answer. Do you think Trump would sign similar legislation as DeSantis has in Florida into federal law if he were president again and given the opportunity, Todd. Yes. Aaron. Yes. Jill. Yes. Hope you're right. All right. Let's lighten the load up here a little bit. Let's get to our kicker topic. All four of us are big sports people. For those of you that don't know, Jill is making a similar career uh, transition to what I did. I started in sports media too. Okay. So March Madness is upon us. We won't be here next Friday. We're taking our annual spring break vacation, which is really Steve just likes to take the first two days of the NCAA tournament off every year. All right. So our kicker topic this week is if you could, whether present or past, uh, come up with your all-time favorite announcer team duo for March Madness, whom would it be? Todd, go. I don't think you could do better than pairing right now Gus Johnson and Bill Rafferty. Oh, they are great pairing Seriously, right now. Todd. Is that yours, Aaron? Yeah. Really? <laughs> there are two announcers, two announcers that I hated when I was younger, 
And now I just, I, I can't yeah, get enough. They're, they're great. They're great. What about you, Jill? I'm going actually with Kevin Harlan and Bill Rafferty. So I, I just love Kevin Harlan. Yep. He seems yep. to have so many good games that come down to the wire yep. that his voice is just in my mind when it comes to March Madness. I mean, Kevin Harlan, yeah. and first of all, there's an Iowa shout out there, but Kevin Harlan and, um, oh, I just, like the guy that, that you mentioned with Raftery from uh, Fox, whose name you just said. Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. They're brothers from another mother, man. I mean, they, they are they are very, very similar. But I, I, I went old school into history, my childhood, put Brent Musburger and Al McGuire together. That's that's what I went with. All right, let's get to our predictions. Aaron, go. I'm sticking with uh, what I predicted earlier this week. I think it's going to be um, Purdue over Rutgers in the Big Ten championship game. Probably not going to happen. Todd. Jesse Smollett will make more money after getting out of jail than he ever made before. Yeah. Oh, count on that. Absolutely count on that. Yes. Jill, go ahead. Uh, we're going to go with the Iowa Hawkeyes. The women for the Hawkeyes are going to make, I'll say, the Elite Eight with Caitlin Clark. I would. I need to see the brackets to go Final Four, but I'll say they at least make it to the Elite Eight. She is. She's incredible. I mean, she's like if Scott Skiles and Steph Curry had a kid, or had a daughter. Um, I mean, it, it, she's incredible to watch. I mean, I... I I find myself, no matter what is on, if they're on, if she is on, I find myself at least tuning in for a few minutes. I mean, literally anything, it's like Steph Curry, anything past half court now yep. is within range. You have to defend, really. It's incredible. All right, my prediction is, um, by the time we have our next Dace group, which is going to be on March 25th, two weeks from today, because we're off next week, by the time we have our next Dace group, the war in Ukraine will be over either because Putin outright won it or Ukraine has agreed to a pro, some form of pro-Russian ceasefire. That is my prediction. Anybody have a quick thought on that here in the totally minute we it. have remaining? It's like it's gone away this week almost. Yeah, I can see it. The propaganda, some of it has been, uh, we were ripe because of COVID to start picking it off immediately. So mm -hmm. yeah, I can see that. Jill, you have any thoughts before we let you go? Kamala went over to Poland. She's going to solve the problem. That's what we need. We need a problem solver, and Kamala Harris is it. Ukraine. And we lost the Veggie Tales guy. Ukraine is a place next to another place called Russia. And they don't have maps. Jill, good to see you. Great job. Appreciate your contribution as always. All right, take care. All right, see you soon, guys. You bet. We'll come back. Feedback Friday is coming your way next. Don't miss it. Stay tuned. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand, just for you here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and then, of course, there is you. Uh, you can let us know what you think about what we think. We'll get to your feedback here to the stevedace.com inbox, which you have emailed to us, steve at stevedace.com here in a moment, D-E-A-C-E. -E. You can also look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Getter, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, etc. Get clips of the show that you can watch for free and are free of censorship, when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. That's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you're a podcast listener, thank you so very much. Please, if you have yet to do so, leave us a five-star review, hit subscribe or follow. Whichever of those things applies to wherever you like to get your podcast from, because the more of you that do that, 
The more I'm told it helps the show to grow. I don't know how that works, but I do know that it works on making our benevolent, easy for me to say, overlords here at Blaze Media uh, shine uh, friendly upon thee. So we like to please them whenever we can, because most of the time what we say does not. All right. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, please, we need all the help that we can get. Steve at stevedace.com email address, uh, and then hit five-star review and you'll hit that subscribe or follow button. Can we give our own show a five-star review? Is that a dude code violation? Do you know? Mm, probably. It is? Probably. Okay. Oh, I've given it a five Let's star. find out. I've given it a five-star <laughs> review multiple times. Have you? Yeah. Did it multiple times? Yeah. Couple times? Couple times. Couple times. Couple times. feast. <laughs> One of these days we got to pull that clip back out because there are people that have come into the show in the last couple of years that have no idea what that is a reference to. All right? I might have it here. But it is it is my single favorite clip in the history of my career. All right. And it is Election Day 2008. And CNN is out on the streets. And I want to say it's in Philly. Is it Philadelphia? It's in Philly. They're in Philly. Yeah. All right. And... Um, they're in a predominantly black neighborhood in Philadelphia. So right away, this white nerdy dude from CNN, it sticks out like a sore thumb in this neighborhood. And so, so the uh, white libs over at CNN are like, let's send a car to the black neighborhood. They should be very excited about voting for a Barack Obama. Right. So that, I got that, it here. Do you want to watch it? Yeah. All right, so, okay. so that's the setup. All right. One second. Give me, right. Just give me like 10 more seconds. All right. So this is the setup. They're doing a man on the street here. Uh, white liberal looking uh, for a stereotypical black person that is excited about voting for another black person. And then zany hijinks ensue. Okay, join us after uh, voting here. You know, you said it went pretty smoothly for you in there, but I really want to get a sense from you of the mood here in Overbrook Park, this area of Philadelphia. What are people saying about the excitement of voting in this particular election? It's hard to change, man. People fed up with the... Time for change. It's time for a new face. And are they were they really galvanized to try to get out here and vote? And were they talking a lot in the neighborhood about just the excitement of the day building up? Yeah. Long, long, long lines out here. Since seven this morning. And you came out and saw the long line. You decided to come back. Yeah. I decided to come back and vote a couple times. <laughs> I think that's against the law, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thanks, Ron, very much. <laughs> <laughs> How many years has it been? I cannot get enough of that clip. All right. Gosh, I love that clip. Uh, first of all, the opening question, why this never dawned on me before. Hey, uh, likely stereotypically, because I'm a black liberal, I'm your white savior. So I'm guessing you must be an uneducated black man who doesn't have a photo ID, could not obtain one and wouldn't know where to get one. Uh, can you explain to us? It probably, though, they probably made the voting sim- process so simple for you that it went well for you in there. How about that opening question? Did you hear that question? Yes. How'd it go for you in there? Were you able to read the names on the ballot? Did you know what circles to fill in? <laughs> How'd it go? I mean, the question is so freaking racist, man. Goodness, why didn't you just throw in, hey boy, how'd it go in there for you? <laughs> I cannot believe how racist that question was. Like he didn't know what to do. Goodness. And especially because he'd already voted twice. Is Brian he's got it down. He's nailed it, man. Well, I did it the first time, but I think I nailed it the second time. That's right. He's already he's done stuck the landing, man. Brian Todd still works for CNN. Of course he does. 
What and what office? What position does he hold within their corporate hierarchy now? Uh, Managing editor. Situation room. <laughs> yeah. Chief Slurper. He's been, yes. Yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff on Ukraine, of course. That opening question is so friggin' racist. You have got to be kidding me. Went well in there, huh? Got it all figured out. <laughs> Spelled your name right. I, I mean, goodness gracious. But now you can see why that is the all my all-time favorite clip. Right. Decided to come back and vote a couple times. <laughs> it's almost spring somewhere. Not here right now. I mean, it's it's colder than a witch's nip outside here in Iowa right now. All right. We got blowing snow on the road and it's March. Jill Savage told us last hour I'm in Tennessee where it's 65, but it's going to snow here tonight. Isn't that what she said? Yep. Right. All right. Spring will soon be here, and it is great for finally getting outdoors and getting your yard looking the way you want with our friends over at Fast Growing Trees. When it comes to caring for plants, know-how matters. That's why FastGrowingTrees.com's experts curate thousands of plant varieties that will thrive in your specific climate, location, and needs. There's no waiting in lines, no messy cars from hauling plants all over town because you order all online and over the phone and your plants are shipped to your door in just about a day or two. All right. Plus, their growing and caring advice is available for you 24-7. So if you've never had a green thumb, they're going to make you feel like you do. One million home gardeners have already seen what FastGrowingTrees.com can do for them. Add your name to the ranks. Right now, they've got an incredible uh, library of selections that they can also tailor to your specific climate. All right, so go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. Get 15% off your entire order right now at fastgrowingtrees.com. All right, let's get to it. It is time for some Feedback Friday. Are you guys ready to go? You bet. Yes. Sonia writes, as a native East Tennessean, so this is a follow-up to the conversation we had earlier this week with State Representative uh, Jason Zachary. He is in Knox County, Tennessee, and um, he is beside himself that him and his former pro wrestling hall of fame true true story the the mayor of this of this place is a pro wrestling wwe hall of famer uh they they thought for sure that people would rise up and just defy a federal judge's attempt to unilaterally impose choking their kids out with face diapers and they didn't so when the people didn't rise up they're like well we're gonna i guess we have to fight him in court now because you guys won't rise up so that's that was the interview we did right yeah okay sonia is writing a follow-up to that conversation earlier this week she says as a native as a native east tennessee and multiple generations i can tell you what they're thinking and feeling in knox county having been demonized for a century for standing up against federal control they found comfort in the fox news outlets pretending to represent them and trusted the information that they watched there night after night they are simple people who want to be left alone to live life as they see fit. At some level, they know the jabs and masks are useless and they hate being bullied, but they're also afraid that they'll be accused of being bad people if they happen to spread the virus. They doubt their own common sense and are having a hard time pushing back when the media they grew to trust backs the rules. Got another note from someone in that community who says, a lot of this too is residual respect for law enforcement hey we are we're rule of law people we follow the law the law told us to choke our kids so we have to choke our kids that was another note along those lines that i received you were asking people who view themselves as the law and order community and the law and order generation to now suddenly uh buck law and order and and 
from a paradigm standpoint, they're just not there yet. Any thoughts on that? To quote the great Tommy Lee Jones playing Samuel Gerard in the movie The Fugitive, I don't care. <laughs> no more God. damn excuses. None. Zero. Again, this is just him. All of that. What do I keep telling you about your comfort? It's your crack addicts to your comfort. So many more people throughout all of human history had have had to sacrifice so much more than the fraction of effort it would take you to say, yeah, nope, not happening. And you can't even go there. I don't, I really, I don't care. Yeah. Know what time it is. I, the residual, you know, okay, so uh, the, the conservative media they've trusted for years is backing the rules and the residual affinity for law enforcement. By the way, just on their own, you know, a Fox News, uh, a Fox News is probably more insidious than your local law enforcement agency. If you're living out in uh, eastern Tennessee, um, probably. I don't know. I don't know the area. But on the whole, neither of those things on their own, forget what we've seen over the last six years, prior to the last six years, on their own. Are those just are those things that we can we could or thought you could you could be uh, forgiven if you've thought that they could be relied on, um, you know, for doing their basic jobs? No, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Going back to the conversation we had last hour, the law says now you must submit your kids to sexual grooming from the creeper, the groomer at school. That's the law. It's in the curriculum. It's the education. What's the line? We used to have this conversation a lot with the conservative legal community, the legal beagles. Mm-hmm. We even had uh, uh, Noah Rothman from Commentary. Is a Commentary mm-hmm. that he works for mm-hmm. to ask the same question? It, is always, it sticks out in my mind because he actually had the courage of conviction to come on and discuss this about where is the line? What could a court deem what could a court that we would do? oppose? What could a judge blog? Yeah. Where's the line that you would say, no, no, we're no, 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 no. And they could never come up with one. Guys, hearing, hearing Jason Zachary, what was that on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I feel like I might owe Congressman Dan Crenshaw an apology because I have berated him during that town hall for saying, oh, there's nothing we can do about the January 6th political prisoners. There's nothing we can do about it. I think there's a lot of conservatives who vote for the Dan Crenshaw types or maybe even better than him who, when it comes to these issues and that district, it sounds like in mass over in Tennessee, they sound a lot like Dan Crenshaw when it comes to mass. Oh, there's nothing we can do. When it comes to masking their kids, oh, nothing we can do. And how many of them own guns, you think, Aaron? Um, probably a, a lot. Yeah, um, probably a, a lot. A, a, a lot. Yep. Yeah. Let's insult the few remaining people that you guys have not already uh, touched upon. Okay. I'm in. Last hour, 
I presented a question in the Dace group that I said the answer to this question could really go a long way in determining how this how this thing ends, mm-hmm. this balkanization ends. Okay. And the first group I mentioned were people who are just parroting partisan talking points because that's that's what their the people they trust on their side claim and therefore they're just going to parrot that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See where I'm going with this? Nowhere good. Yeah. That's the same thing that these emails are describing, just on the right. Well, Fox News told me that, you know, we don't want to spread the virus. They told me that. How, wasn't Fox and Friends the show that was constantly pimping masks and jabs over there on Fox? I, th- I seem to recall that, that they were the show, one, one of the several shows doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know Hannity was doing it. Um, well, I mean, th- th- those guys are wearing my jersey. They wouldn't lie to me. It's th- is that not the same thing? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, hey, you know, I've, um, the police are always the good guys, you know, uh, back to blue, you know, they're not racist. Like what happened with George Floyd back in 2020 and all the riots and everything else, you know, you see what I'm saying? This is the same thing. This is the same thing. And let me put an even more offensive point on this. The spirit of the age loves this stuff. They don't care. I know that we have predominantly seen the spirit of the age operate within the American left. And that's because the American left had, and the Western left for that matter, had to, had to abandon all of our assumptions and founding principles within Western civilization in order to justify the ideology mm-hmm. that they preferred to replace all those things with, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that gave us this notion that this is just exclusively happening there. It's not. It may have exclusively originated there, but tumors metastasize when they're not irradiated, guys. When they're not, we're not confronted, we're not treated, irradiated, they metastasize. They don't stop growing. This is on our side now. This is how Greg Abbott, y'all, I remember Ted Cruz telling me, I'll tell you this now, because it's after the fact. I couldn't tell you this a couple of years ago. I'll tell you now. Ted told me in 2020, before the Texas State Republican Convention, that it was probably a good thing that the, it was supposed to be in Houston or Dallas, one of the cities with a Democrat mayor there. And the Democrat mayor said they couldn't hold it. I can't remember which city it was. And Ted said, if I'm being brutally honest, brother, it's probably a good thing for Greg Abbott that the Democrat mayor stepped in and canceled the Texas State Republican Convention because people are as pissed off as I've ever seen them in my career in Texas Republican politics over that outdoor mask mandate. He will get booed from the stage. That's what he told me. Two years, less, less than two years later, you got 70% of the vote in a primary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. See, this idea that this lack of critical thinking is just rampant on one side is not true. And the way that the spirit of the age operates, here's how the spirit of the age operates. Just like, just like God doesn't have a side, we're supposed to be on his, mm-hmm. the enemy doesn't have a side either. The enemy is not going to put the entirety of thousands of years of rebellion and dominionist plans into the hands of one side of a debate so that if that side were to be defeated and failed, the whole thing's off. He's not going to do that, folks. The Republicans will not suddenly find their horns and march around Jericho. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's not how it works. 
Okay. This is why I'm so broken by the Phil Vischer news from last hour, because this is proof of what I'm saying right here. So the, the way the spirit of the age operates, the way the enemy operates is like a, it's like a sports book, a casino. When they put a line on a game, when they put that opening line on a game, that is who they really believe will win. That is what they really think based on their ratings. But then why does the line move after that? Because they don't care who wins. They win by, here's the, here's, here's the, here's the paradox. They win by not caring who wins. So if a whole bunch of people come in and say, yeah, I'm not buying that line and put a whole bunch of money down on one side, they will then move the line towards where all the money came in so that then people will then buy the other side of the line and they'll just keep moving it as many times as they have to until they get as close to the same amount of action on both sides of the line as they can. Now they can't, there are so many sporting events, they can't do that with every single one, which is why you do win sometimes. But because they practice this same paradigm with every single sporting event, you can beat them individual times, but you cannot holistically drive them out of business. They make it up in volume. Because even if you're smarter, even if you're smarter than most of the suckers out there and and do this smartly, there's still way more suckers out there than people doing it smartly. So they're always going to win. They don't do sports. They're not in the sports prediction business. They don't do it that way. And then they charge what's called a vig or a juice. Like it's a commission, basically. The charge for placing your bet for you. And that way, if nearly an equal amount of people on both sides bet, they can't lose, no matter what the outcome is. Because it looks pretty obvious that the Chiefs with Pat Mahomes are going to beat the Detroit Lions on Sunday until Mahomes steps on somebody's foot in the first quarter Break and, and, and sprains his ankle, then he's out the rest of the game, and a backup quarterback you can't name suddenly is in there, and the Lions win. Vegas would be out of all kinds of money. They don't build their Taj Mahals on the strip, guys, by doing that. Likewise, the devil did not build all the kingdoms of this earth that he offered to Christ himself by doing that either. Babylon went away. The Assyrians went away. The Nazis went away. The Soviets went away. Mao went away. Pol Pot went away. Stalin went away. You see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. The devil remains. The spirit of the age remains. It's always hedging its bets. It's always got action on both sides. Every time. And so its juice is the lie. So the reason the sports book wants that money, that's its juice. That's what fuels it. Is you is it makes its ten percent commission on your bet, and then it doesn't care who wins or loses, because they've they've covered on they're covered on both sides. They don't have to sweat outcomes most of the time. They win no matter who wins, no matter which side of the game wins, they win. That's how the spirit of the age operates here. As long as we will believe a lie, they don't care which lie it is. The most chilling section of C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters. I've cited this so many times over the years, I'll bring it up again, is a perfect example of this. And Uncle Wormwood's Uncle Screwtape says to Wormwood, I don't care if if your subject that you're tempting is a pacifist on the left or a patriot on the right, as long as you can reduce his beliefs to nothing other than a means to an end, no matter what 
that means or end happens to be, you've got your man. And then his next line is, and we have a cage full of such creatures down here. So whether your faith is America, love it or leave it, back to blue, Fox News told me so. That's my, that's, that's my plumb line. That's the decision. That, that's the basis by which I make my decisions. Or it's, I mean, I read this thing from Glad. Oh, I, 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 my favorite blue checkmark, lefty blue checkmark on Twitter told me this, and they wouldn't steer me wrong. I read this on the front page of the New York Times. It, it, they don't care. Pick a lie. It's three-card money. Pick a card. Any card. Pick a lie. Any lie. That's not a lie if you believe it. And when enough people believe those lies, regardless of which side they come from, truth is basically chloroformed in the culture. We go from the era that Ben Shapiro famously coined the phrase, facts don't care about your feelings. That's where we used to be. It used to be, I will disregard facts that get in the way of my feelings, desires, and beliefs. The next step and that's the step we're about to embark upon right now with Aaron already getting censored at Truth Social before it even opens. The next step, and it's Truth Social, the next step is no truth at all. For the few remaining people that agree with Ben Shapiro that facts don't care about your feelings, there is no truth to acquire. There would be, we're in a, we've, we've epistemologically chloroformed ourselves. It's a truthless society, culture. It's void of truth. That's bleak. And we're about five minutes away from that. Any thoughts? Everything you said is why I spend more time thinking than anything else about how, and I think of it in this imagery, how close we are, the decisions I need to be making for my family to that last scene, or if it wasn't the la- one of the last scenes in uh, Don't Look Up, when the meteor is a certainty and your family is just gathered around the table in in fellowship, no long-range planning, just enjoy each other in the moment. I honestly think about that all the time. As i about to send off, I've got like three and a half months left with my firstborn before I send her off to her hopes and dreams, but, um, I'm, I'm constantly tested about, will that, does she have four years to graduate and get through that? Mm. I don't know. Just one more addendum on that. We, we lived in an era where there was enough of a critical mass of people on both sides for a truth or facts really did matter. So facts don't care about your feelings. We're not picking on Shapiro here. Don't get us wrong. That's a great line, and it is true. It's absolutely true. Facts don't care about your feelings was a great quip, and it was very, very effective. We are entering an era now, as Steve just said, uh, where the dominant phrase is, "Feelings, my feelings don't care about your facts. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where we are now. Yeah. You can't. Uh, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yep. Along those lines is this note from Mark. 
You guys have tapped into total depravity. We elect people who want to be somebody rather than want to do something because that is who most people are. That's the biggest difference, basically, between Ron DeSantis and most other Republicans. Is he ran for office to do stuff, whether he won that thing by less than 40,000 votes, which he did, or he's going to win it by 400,000 votes. He went there with an, with an agenda. He wanted to do things. Most of them, like that vapid uh, uh, chick that uh, in, that's the congresswoman in Florida who can't even define mm-hmm. for you what a no-fly zone is, she just ran to be something, okay? And he says, you know why we vote for these kinds of people? Because that's who most people are. Think about it. People don't, do, don't tell you what they do. They tell you who they work for or their position. That is us as a society. We are surrounded by people more concerned with their status over their utility or value. It is a sickness of the heart and mind. CEOs and VPs are the 21st century version of nobility or the experts. Believe the experts. Yeah. Trust the, trust the Lord of the manor. He wouldn't steer us wrong. Yes. I look across the leadership of corporate America and it is right out of Atlas Shrugged. Most of them have not earned their position. They politics their way there. That is why we vote for them because they reflect who we are as a people. Signed, more depressed than ever. Yeah. Yes. Lynette says, do you truly believe that most of the trans, not women athletes, are really moving forward to living the, the life as a woman forever? Or could they possibly just be using this as a way to break the records in the women's sports field when they were competing as men in their correct field, and yet there they failed? Do you think there will come a time they will do a lot of reflecting and truly believe they are who God created them to be, a man, and they will have absolutely no regret, or they will have absolutely no regret for any of it? That comes down to an individual interaction between you and your creator. Period. Everybody I've ever interviewed who left homosexuality behind, and in my career I've interviewed quite a few, it was always because of a direct interaction, a direct and honest, I should say, a direct and honest interaction they had between them and their creator every single time. Not because of some logic assessment or we made some naturalistic argument about what the proper use of their plumbing and anatomical uh, appendages happens to be. No, it's because they finally had an honest one-on-one interaction with their creator and realized that they were doing it wrong. So I would imagine the same thing applies here too, correct? Mm, Yes. But do I think that there will, that the, of course, there are people doing this just because there's money and stuff to be made? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as why that kid in Loudoun County pretend to be a girl. So he go in there and rape women. You, you don't think there are people that are in prison pretending the same thing because they were, they, they're there for being predators and this is an outlet to still be one. So are there people that are doing it for a just just for a scam for personal enrichment, whether that is their depraved desires or their bank account? Of course, there will be there, you, there will be trans grifters just like there's race hustlers. Of course, there will be. Didn't you just say the devil doesn't care about the, what the, the lie is? The devil is. doesn't it's, care what the lie is, who the liar is, what side it comes from. As long as the as long as a lie is being perpetuated, that's all he cares about. If it's about a lie, he wins. Doesn't matter which side it comes from. It's just on the right, as conservatives, we were the last group of people up trying to hold on to things like objective truth and first things and fundamentals. And so for a long time, it just looked like this phenomenon was relegated to the other side. It is not any longer. It is not. This past week, I mean, look what's going on with Matt Schlapp, the head of CPAC, this entire week. It's just one lie, one scam after another, man. The enemy doesn't care. 
as long as it's a lie, he wins. He was a liar from the beginning, Jesus said. He's the father of lies. That's all he cares about. Just give me the lie. Any lie will do. Sure, he has some lies he prefers to others. But any old lie will do. More in a moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show, you know, if you're a dog owner, you love that pet of yours, and it means more to you uh, than just being an animal. It's a part of your family, so you want to do more than just give it food and water. You want to really take care of it. Uh, Your pet's health and happiness is important to you. Here's the problem, though. A lot of the foods that we buy our pets have had the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients our pets need stripped out of them before they ever leave the factory for the same reason they do it to the human food these days, for mass distribution and production. Uh, a longer life there on the shelves of the stores of America. And that's why we go out and buy so many supplements these days uh, in order to put that stuff back in our diet that we need. And now you have it for your pet as well with our friends over at Rough Grains. Just mix that powder into your pet's food. I just did this again last night with Cap, man. And I mean, Cap was licking the side of the dish. I'm I'm tempted to try this stuff myself. Is it really that good? All right, because he friggin' loves this stuff. All right, so uh, see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. If your pet likes it, if they don't, then hey, it's not for you. But one way to find out is if we give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. You'll pay for the shipping, but the bag is on the house. If you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com or call 833-ROUGHDOG. That's 833-ROUGHDOG. Years ago, a dog we had named Bo. Black Cocker Spaniel that I grew up with that I named after Bo Beckler. Loved, what were they called? Jerky bits, the bacon treats for dogs. Remember those? Bacon bits? Bacon? No, bacon bits were you put in your salad. I thought they were oh, called jerky bits or something. Jerky bits. Oh, that's right. And I'm like, man, this dog goes insane and it smells good. I actually tried one. It was pretty good. <laughs> I, can, I can see why you liked it. Yeah. All right. Too much sharing, I think. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Can hand it, the it, sharing it, pillow back. It got a little awkward. My bad. Uh, we got enough people food. We didn't back then. All right. It was so sometimes you thought maybe the dogs were onto something. Nowadays, we got too many options. Leave the damn dog food alone. That's for them. I am a teacher in Texas. Since your Nehemiah speech, I was convicted to confront more boldly the mask mandate my school district forces on all the adults and children. My attempts to mock them with full body hazmat suits or masks cut out from the whitey tidy underwear wasn't even stopping the ridiculousness of the cult. No, but brother, I'm damned impressed that you went there first. All right. So props to you for even giving that a shot. After listening, your words re-energized my spirit that the answer to everything from now on was just simply going to have to be to tell him no, a full and complete no. Um, so when your video was posted, uh, I did it. And then I was put on administrative leave the next day because I refused to comply. I pointed to the Twitter feeds of leaders in the districts sharing photos of themselves happily unmasked for all the world to see. And I asked them, why aren't your teachers and students allowed the same liberties you want for yourselves? But now I know that to a cult, there is no such thing as hypocrisy, only hierarchy. Christina Puchow over in Ron DeSantis's communications office, she coined that phrase. Okay, it's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. And she is exactly correct about that. 
When I pointed this out to them, they isolated me. They prohibited me from speaking to any colleagues and friends I have anywhere throughout the entire district. So I made posters criticizing mandates. I stood in front of school so all the parents could drive by and read the damage being forced on their children. As I typed up a bilingual flyer with information for parents, I had to replay your talk a few times to give me even more courage. I went to the Federal Express copy shop and I made a few hundred copies and then I walked the neighborhood around my school passing them out. I had to try and wake up these parents from the fog of complacency, compliance, and cowardice that the cult has over them. My administrative leave was eventually lifted, but when I went back to campus, I was told I can't work without a mask. I was asked to leave campus. I chose an abrasive and bold approach, reciting part of Greg Abbott's executive orders and educator ethical conduct standards as I was escorted out. I went back the next day. I tried a calmer win-win approach. I was sent home again anyway. I went back the, the other morning. They asked me to leave, and this time I said no. I was mentally prepared for a 1960s civil rights-style sit-in. The police showed up. We had a very respectful dialogue. I explained to them that my religious conviction is now so strong that I can't wear that mask, that talisman of COVID stand. I had conveyed the same message to Human Resources the day before, but never received any response. As the police and I were discussing how the charges of trespassing would involve being handcuffed and arrested and possibly going to jail, a phone call came into the school stating that I am now free to stay, that I had been granted an exemption on a religious basis. They don't want that smoke that, because that news would have gotten out. Teacher arrested for not wearing a mask and... and you're citing Greg Abbott's executive order, which then puts him on the spot because he had no intention of enforcing it. It was just meant to be a blog. Yeah, see, so you called the bluff, brother. You called the bluff. Right up to the point, you think that they just found out they were going to honor your religious exemption literally as they were talking about handcuffing you? No, man. This They were testing you the entire time. And then when they realized you weren't going to break, they had to. As I walked into my classroom again for the first time in 10 days, there was lots of joy, hugs, and high fives among the students. I pray my students will remember this lesson on standing up to authoritarians whose only justification is because I said so. I'm afraid that is a task they will have to face many times in their lives if we don't turn our society around. That is Tyler from Texas. And we found one. We found an actual Texan. We were beginning to wonder. Is Texas just a place on a map called Texas? Who lives there? Did you see the chair fight yesterday on Twitter? I did not see this. That no. was in Texas. Was it? In a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. That, honestly, the teacher and the kids throwing chairs at each other. Was it for a for a valid reason? What was the cause? Do you know? I have no idea. No, that it was violent. Okay. Um, I was beginning to think there weren't any Texans left, frankly. I just thought there were people that lived in a place called Texas. Wasn't sure there were any Texans left. We found one. We found an actual Texan. And Sarah Gonzalez. That's true. Yes. But again, she's very obviously not a guy. Correct? (laughs) Correct. So, let me, you know what? So, therefore, in fairness and deference to her, okay, whom we all adore here, we found a male, a Texas man. We found a Texas man, folks. We were not sure any of them existed, but we found a Texas man. Indeed. Someone in Texas with a penis who's not all hat and no cattle. We found one. Stephen Gasinski asks, I'm getting married later this year to a great godly woman who is stronger and wiser than I'll ever be. 
We both have had childhoods that has some obstacles, and at times we butted heads with our parents. Mine are actually regular watchers of your show. <laughs> that got awkward. <laughs> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Gazinski. Uh, you had a few non-negotiables as parents for your kids. Would you mind explaining what those non-negotiables were? Well, keep in mind, we're not done raising our kids. So, I mean, the evidence that we have irrevocably destroyed them and wrecked them is still possible to display itself. Not to mention, even if you don't do that, you have to keep in mind, they're individually, fearfully, and wonderfully made in the image of God. They're not made in your image. They're made in His. Which means no matter how good of a job you do or think you have done, they will still have to reconcile and reckon with their individual relationship with their Creator Nevertheless, you can, you can put all the investment into them, into them you want in anticipation of that occurring, but you can't reconcile that for them, okay? But we had a couple non-negotiables in our house. Number one, do not disrespect your mom. If you disrespect your mom... You, you're going to wish somebody else's sperm fertilized another egg. Don't do that. Number two, don't lie to me. That's playing me for a chump. That's, that's, that's playing me for a loser. That's the ultimate sign of disrespect. I'd much rather have you openly defy me and challenge me than lie to me. Not even close. Not even close. That's the ultimate level of disrespect. Don't. With all the hours I put in, all the, all the work I do, all the providing I do, the fact that within my work, I make sure I'm at all your events, I'm always there to have your back. Don't turn around and then lie to me. Don't do that. I think you can tell from my tone of voice how that goes over. Don't lie to me. Number three, then don't hurt each other. You guys want to bully each other? You want to pick on each other? I'll give you somebody to bully and pick on. Try it on me. Those were it. Those are the three non-negotiables we had. Doesn't mean those were, didn't mean we, there weren't other things they could do that would get punished or have accountability, but, but this was a different level. Like when they were little, this would have been the list that would have caused a spanking to occur, for example. Those three things. Those were our non-negotiables. My advice to you, Stephen, and your, and your wife is to know what that list is, have that conversation now, and be of one mind on that. Particularly now, and you need to set those, fund, you need to set those parameters in place now because as they get older... If, if you have daughters, they will at times be at odds with their mom. And you will at times be tempted to favor them because those are your princesses. And if you make this agreement now with your queen, then you will be, you'll remember when that day comes, yes, you are my princesses, okay, but she is the queen. She was here before y'all got here, and she'll be here after y'all are out. Then if you have sons, it works the opposite side. She'll be tempted to sympathize with him when you're trying to crack the whip. Like, you'll know all his BS because you, you did it all already. 
So you'll know everything's going to try. And you're going to be like, yeah, I got to curb stomp that right now. And she's going to be like, oh, do we have to be so hard on my baby? Yeah, we do. Okay. So be of one mind on those things and have those conversations as a couple now would be my advice. You have any advice on this front, Mr. Erzin? Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, one that I've found interesting that's been with my girls for a long time and now their friends actually recited back to me is that dumb is not fun. <laughs> You know, that's great. <laughs> that's the that's that is peak Erzin. Holy cow, is that a Todd Erzin as a dad credo right there? Dumb is not fun, son. It, yeah. Yes, and it came. Well, and I don't have sons, but it came in organically. Where you you know the people, the everybody's giddy. They're having a good time. Uh, things are getting a little silly, and and then instead of just enjoying that silliness for what it was it decides to cross the line into dumb which is where chaos ensues and very early on i it it sprang to me that they needed to learn because you need to give them you know fortune cookie mantras that they can grasp you know the same reason why jesus taught in parables and very quickly i learned that they knew uh, when I reminded them that dumb is not fun, it was time to um, yeah take a step back. I remember when Anna, our oldest, was was little. We were on a daddy daughter day at uh, up at the mall, and some teenagers were just acting beyond obnoxious, and she was really irritated by it. And she was like, "Why are they acting out like that?" And and I'm like, "Well, where are their dads?" She goes, "Well, then, if I well, when I'm a teenager." am I going to act like that in public? And I said, no. And she said, why? And I said, cause I'm your dad. It, and I can't stress yeah. enough the cosmic existential truth behind that, because there are now teenagers, high school teenagers who didn't have dads like you and me. Mm -hmm. And or any dad for that matter. Right. And, better, even better ones. Yeah. And I have examples when I've stepped in to do what no one else will do. Mm -hmm. And they look at you like th th you're speaking a foreign language. That can happen. To them. That's allowed. They don't even yes. understand. Yeah, it's not even, and, uh, even before they get belligerent, and th that usually comes next. But th for at first, they just, they're, you just see their synapses going in a different way. And and if it, if they had a dad, they'd know that, oh, okay, I've heard this before. I yeah. know the, I know the rhythm of this and therefore yep. let's, ch let's check ourselves. Yep. But they didn't, they clearly didn't. And they don't understand. They just clearly don't understand. There's no moral math to it whatsoever. And so then once they get over the surprise, then they lash out. Going into the real estate market to buy and sell or buy and sell. Boy, I did that before. That ain't fun. Um, but make sure uh, if you're going to go into that market, particularly during these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I love when he does the close up. It cracks me up. Uh, when, uh, when you do so, make sure you've got an agent that you can fully trust to deliver 
on more than slogans, but actual results. Where would you find such an agent? Head over to this website. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place. Just about anywhere you want to move to or from. We can find you a real estate agent whose record of success has been verified, who can be relied upon to come in and take charge of your situation. But then remember, ultimately, while doing so, you're the one in charge here. All right. So go in with an agent you can trust, someone that you would be recommending to people for years and years later after the fact. Find that person at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. We got about a minute or so here left. Any final thoughts? Along the lines of fortune cookie mantras of of what uh, Todd was saying, you know, that is, I don't have kids, obviously, that you guys' age, um, but that is, you know, important things that that I imagine just stick with them. I I remember a number of things that my dad said. Uh, Now, it was, I look back and look at the timing and it was funny, but it was true. when we were doing something dumb or, or stupid or risky, um, like needlessly risky, Murphy's Law, if it can happen, it, it will happen. And more often than not, it's, it seemed like after he, you know, reminded of this and we kept doing it, it you know, that the, 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 the thing did happen, actually. Um, for me, as always, uh, it's don't end up in a ditch. If you've ended up in a ditch, something's gone. Horribly, horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. Either (laughs) something bad has happened to you or you have taken unnecessary risks and ended up in the ditch. And and so that's my that's my main fortune cookie right now. I wish I had to come up with dumb eight fun. Nope. I wish I had to come up with that one. It's me. I know I can't use it now. That'd be a total dude code violation, but you can use it. Tell everybody where it came from. I love the way that just that the, was so the subtlety, the subtlety. Just tell everybody where it came from. Yeah, that was so obnoxious, man. I'm so impressed right now. Remember my cologne? Yes, it's smug. It was smug. I mean that 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 was a truly impressive level of smugness. I don't know where our music yeah. is. I work here, so. <laughs> This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.